Well, the wind is obviously blowing us from winter to spring as it's decided to linger on for another day. And in between the breaks of sunshine amongst the clouds, little pockets of blue sky now and again, we might get through this walk hopefully dry if we cross our fingers. Uh, you find me back on the Londondale Trail. This time um, I'm on the south side and I am walking along the bottom of Roadswith Reservoir, or soon to be actually, the turning to go down onto the bridge which takes you to the zigzag bits. If you're local, you'll know which bits we mean. That's coming up on the left very shortly. Today, with the birds, I'm also with Janet and Bob, who are, well, you're now Broscrofters now, aren't you? We are, yes. But we're, we're imports, as you'll be able to tell from our accents. <laughs> well, I think we all are. If there's one thing that we've learnt in this podcast is you're not local until you've lived here for 30 years. And, well, we uh, haven't done that, I'm afraid. <laughs> no. And I don't think there's many people who I've spoken to who have been. Uh, today we're, we're talking, gosh, haikus, prayer maps, uh, clouds, uh, long-distance walking... There's lots of different things that we can get into, but I guess we should perhaps mention how we met because we only met a few days ago by complete chance when I walked into Hadfield Repair Cafe, which is at Hadfield Methodist Church, uh, monthly to go and get my soup maker fixed and to, uh, to get uh, my boiler suit sewed up so uh, it wasn't uh, as revealing, shall that's we right. say. That's a, I, that's a family-friendly version. I uh, got the task of... Uh, giving your boiler suit the once over to decide if we could fix it or not and, and then uh, we got chatting we certainly did and realized that you know all this wandering about in Longdendale was the thing we had in common and uh, we were really excited to know that someone was doing podcasts in Longdendale <laughs> and that is how all good connections in neighborhoods happen isn't yeah, it, it is, yeah. do you want to give a bit of an introduction to who you are, what, what you do, and um, your long-distance walking fascination? Yeah, well, I started about 50 years ago. I used to come down here to walk when I worked in Manchester. So my Saturdays off were to come to a railway station somewhere in the Peak District. More often than not, it would be Hadfield, maybe Glossop or Broadbottom, uh, and just walk around the area and be away from work. <laughs> which was not the, to be sneezed at at all. Since when, uh, a lot of other things have happened. I've met Janet, we're married. Together we've done various walks. We both walked from one end of the country to the other at various, other, various stages in our lives. And the most unexpected thing, I think, for me, and probably for Janet as well, is that we actually made it. <laughs> and enjoyed it yeah and there was a lot of fish and chips and ice cream involved it's 20 years ago since Bob walked the end to end and it's about 4 years ago since I did it so we're um, now more engaged with going side to side and we've done the whole of the Trans Pennine Trail or in the past though obviously this is a bit 
this bit is the bit we do the most and of course it's just always changing and it is just the most marvellous landscape to be a part of and to see the shapes and the colours and the life and the, hear the sounds and everything and I mean every day you come out there's something to just be awestruck by or to touch you in some way or another that sort of opens you up to what's going on in the world around you I suppose. Well this morning as we've been walking and getting to know each other on our way down the trail we've seen cowslip, we've seen a yeah. very tiny small black bunny. Yes <laughs> well like I say there's always something I mean this is spring now so you know. It you're... really is you know oh. when I started recording this podcast four weeks ago it really was winter and I feel like this week there's been a change yes yes I'm sure there has well the equinox has gone by and Bob will tell you all about how the amount of sunshine now affects the temperature do that briefly if you wish to Bob (laughs) well I think we need to reveal your credentials Bob because you did you do a PhD in clouds have I got that correct yes head in the clouds for three years Uh, I mean, and that's why you were in Manchester. So you were studying clouds and then coming out here at the weekends to, well, see them in action, I suppose. Yeah, and and be under them and get rained on by them and snowed on and and crowed on and all that stuff. So, I mean, there couldn't be a place where clouds are more fascinating, I think. Even as I walk along from one end of the Longdendale Trail to the other, I mean, multiple times I've covered... I mean, I mostly log mine in kilometres. I think I've done something like 170 kilometres just recording this podcast. Um, Cycling and walking, I have to say, because if I could cycle to Woodhead, I would, just to speed it up a bit, because it does take quite a long time, doesn't it? Um, You're not always time-rich when you've got jobs to do and lives to lead and washing up to do and things. But the difference in the atmosphere, weather-wise, from Hadfield to Woodhead is incredible. It, yes, you can tell by when it's snowy. You can start off in Hadfield where there's very little, and by the time you get here, we're just passing Old House Farm. Uh, there's quite a lot, and you can see all sorts of things in the snow. You can see parts where the wind uh, goes over the edge of the hill and drops an extra deep bit of snow. Um, you can see uh, bits which are freeze at night and bits that don't freeze at night you can see a bit further on just past uh, I think Torside Crossing there's a bit where you get striations in the snow you get um, the marks that are spaced along the track just like old sleepers used to be yes I have and heard about this there are signs in some way I don't know if the old sleepers are still underneath or if it's to do with the way the ballast is compacted but the signs that it used to be a railway. Yes, yes, it's, it's like a reminder of the past, isn't it? That's, um, yes, Matt Ross, who um, is at the Peak Digital National Park Centre in Timwistle, did say uh, a few weeks ago when the snow fell there, the same thing happened, where there were lines of where the old track was, even though it hadn't been there for years. I mean, that's just spooky. Yeah, These are the things that we notice. I mean... During lockdown, we, we, it turns out we had both officially moved here. I mean, you'd, you'd kind of been lingering here for sure. many moons, hadn't you? Well, There'd been something pulling, pulling you back, Bob, ever since the 70s, hadn't there? There'd that been had. something pulling Bob back, and then we sort of started being here a bit more often. But when we retired, 
2019 that's when we came to the valley officially yeah yeah and of course then we were sort of faced with well what's our contribution to the community of the valley so given that we were both previously in ordained ministry as clergy Bob's obviously got involved with the Methodist Church and that's how we came to be making soup and going to repair cafes and I play the organ there sometimes so we sort of got involved with them but it's always been I think a feeling we had that the the world of the valley was much much bigger than that and as Bob was saying earlier that there's um there's both loneliness and isolation and connection that's unseen and it's a complicated web of things so people can feel isolated that's a real thing yeah of course and you can walk along this trail and not see anybody we're the only ones here at the moment but at the same time we have the option to connect with people through lots of different media and ways of being in touch you know like your podcasts that you're doing and so on and sharing space and airtime and thoughts and stuff and that was partly what led to Bob developing his idea about the prayers for places website which he'll now explain to us perhaps well and I was amazed when I looked on your website you sent me the link which we will share link in our show notes actually it's almost like you were starting out doing what I have started doing in some ways but a few years ago in pinning content to a map of a place inspired by the place part poetry part prayer I guess how do you describe what it is Bob yeah I it's uh, prayers but um just gotta let a bike pass hang on a sec watch out done it <laughs> go on go on zoom 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 oh there's a dinosaur on the back <laughs> it is basically prayers I suppose there's a kind of element of poetryness about them because sometimes there's a feeling in it and sometimes you've got to squash it all into a short space so you're expecting people to perhaps read things a little bit more slowly than they would have been ordinary text and and it's kind of arranging lines so I suppose it's a little bit like poetry it doesn't rhyme uh, but that doesn't matter uh, and this prayers on broadly a Christian tradition in other words we mention Jesus sometimes but you know not entirely and they might be of use to other people as well it's mostly I suppose the majority are by me uh, some are by Janet as well uh, she's she's behind looking <laughs> at Frogspawn <laughs> you, you you wrote some of the prayers as well what, what I found really interesting is they very are they're, they're very simple language yeah. and they're very much inspired by the landscape and often I will walk the trail and words will come to my mind as almost I suppose my form of prayer which is more meditation I guess and sounds and watching the changes of the seasons of the valley as well so noticing we've just walked past one of the farms which is early on in having lambs and of course already there are there are a couple of lambs in the field which wasn't when I started podcasting a few weeks ago so observing those changes I guess was was fascinating is there any particular prayers on this bit that we're doing now um he'd have to look at that because I'm trying to send the frog spawn man the notice about the frog spawn okay I've got to stay away from your phone whilst you're texting because it interferes with this Uh, it's called spawn map spawn map yeah and he he maps all the frog spawn all the way across the country 
So hang on, Janet is just sending a message here to uh, Frogspawn Man, which probably isn't his actual name. No, and no. apparently is somebody who maps Frogspawn all over the country. And so yeah. you're telling him a what three words location of what's happening. Pondip, his name is. Pondip. Yeah. And so you're just letting him know what, what's happening in Frogspawn of this area. That's right. And, and then he creates a map of the whole country showing you how the frog spawners uh, the frogs have got on with their frog spawning job all the way from land's end all the way up to john and goats we're end to end as i told you that already showing you how that that wave of spring that is the frog spawn goes across the whole country and wow it's amazing so i guess is it maybe in cornwall they start frog spawning earlier and then it later that's in right Scotland? that's right that's right yes so because of the the daylight because of yeah. the weather and the warmth and all yeah. sorts of other things isn't it yeah a mexican wave of frog spawn well exactly and one of the things i love about the valley is just making these observations like you just said about the things that are changing in the valley all of the time so just now we were looking at a piece of hazel weren't we where the catkins have already been out of course and then the leaves are just coming tiny tiny little green shoots are just coming or if you can look over there at that older tree over there and it's just stems of it uh, are still covered in moss well they will be it's very damp here in the valley so it's covered in moss and that lovely green coating it has you know and and just so many things i mean there's the silver birch this is completely different it's beautiful uh, shades and patterns on on that stalk here here in front of us a tiny little oak that um, has still got its last year's leaves on it and haven't even come off, have they? It's clearly not windy enough here. Uh, no. <laughs> we found a nice spot. So the idea, I, I suppose, also that you guys like to do is using technology as a way to engage with the landscape, which yes. is fascinating. You know, you've been blogging for 20 years. You're here tweeting people about frog spawn. <laughs> Yeah, as sure. you do you're, you're connected on whatsapp to yeah, local right. bird and wildlife groups yeah that i think is incredible just the way that you see the landscape you you connect yourself to the wider web and the world of what's happening internationally be that the, the climate emergency or just noticing things i suppose being yeah. a, a collective and i suppose that's also a big part of being a long distance walker you have time to learn yeah. the art of observation but equally Yes, you look at what's on your doorstep, but it, it connects you to the bigger picture. And the fact that actually the paths that we're walking here today, you've got the Trans-Pennine Trail, you've got the Longdendale Trail, you've got the Pennine Way. Yeah. All these paths lead to other places and connect you. Yes, you can think that you're local and I'm only looking at a, a finite kind of geographical area, but I am very conscious that this connects further. I, I love one of the ideas that you have is using what three words. So you were just using that to let the uh, frogsborn man, frogs, pro, frogsborn man know what three words, and using that as a as a form of inspiring your poetry, your prayer, yeah. just your connection. I suppose we should explain what what three words is for people Probably who might not know. What three words is a way of defining every location on the surface of the planet. Each three meter square has a unique address on the surface of the planet and three words are enough to define that address it saves you messing about with latitudes and longitudes and it's a great way to find places 
even for instance in informal settlements where there's no street numbers when you're out in the wilds if you've got a connection that is to say if you haven't got a connection then you're stuck <laughs> you're yeah. stuck well, i was gonna say if you've got your phone with you let's yeah. do what what three words of where we are now because okay. we've come at well, an incredibly interesting point where i do think there is a tunnel just over yeah, there old, old house, house tunnel, tunnel yeah. yeah yeah which i understand has all sorts of spooky history um, Should we go and have a little walk in it? Oh, I would, definitely. There's a chap I'm in contact with on Twitter who's always telling me spooky stories about <coughs> Old House Tunnel. So this is interesting. That What three words for this point is secure, campsites, workouts. Yes. Oh. And so that's wonderful. I'm going to share that with you um, somewhere along the line. Perhaps I'll stick it on my Instagram direct. <laughs> it's just started raining. Should we go through this yeah. gate and go into that's the Old it. House Tunnel? Let's do that. Yeah, I, I, yes, and there is there is some kind of form of beauty, I think, out of the combination of these words, I which, oh, which okay, both of you have turned into some wonderful haikus using prominent places in and around Hadfield, such as the train station, such as Billy's Place, the chip shop on Station Road. Yeah. I mean, haiku is a, a form of Japanese poetry based on a, a rhythmic flow of so many syllables is it nine eleven nine have i got that five seven five oh, no not then <laughs> i'm adding more words than necessary five there's, seven five there's lots of variations on it because of course that's in japanese if it's a proper haiku it has a certain mood to it uh, which these don't necessarily yes. they're sort of haiku-ish Bob's right, it's supposed to have a mood to it and it's supposed to be connected to a season so that's one of the other reasons we like them because the one thing that you're very aware of in the valley apart from the rain dripping on you right this minute <laughs> is the fact that there's a lot of um, the seasons are, are very much prominent yeah that's oh. a good word I thought I yeah. think that has been one of the most beautiful things of walking over the last few weeks oh, is man. capturing it yeah shall we um, we're just going through a gate yeah. and okay, we're going to so go down the, into the tunnel what's the steps yeah yeah right you guys have got the sticks to at least get through the mud go down right, this is a tunnel that I've wanted to visit for ages oh there it is and there's a gate this is a very different tunnel to the other tunnels that I've been to because I've been to Normal person-sized tunnels with stonemason markings with the archaeologist, uh, which you can listen to that episode last week, I think. Yeah. And then I went through the one near Deepclough, which was towering huge and obviously had been rebuilt and fairly modern. But this one looks like tall people might have to stoop down. Okay, so we're on a bit of a hill as well. Yeah, Slippy well. rocks with leaves and all kinds of things. And wow, this is... And you're so going to hear now we're entering it, so it's going to sound a bit different. And the click-clack of uh, Janet's um, walking poles in front of us. Whew. Well, we're out the rain. Janet, let's stay here for a second. Okay, that's been fine. Let's have, a, let's have a little bit of respite from the wind. I can maybe get the feeling of my uh, hands... Uh, yeah. back as well yes. because uh, there's a there's a running theme in this podcast has claire got her gloves and 99 percent of the time i have not you need some of these fingerless ones claire that's why i have them and also they're good for playing the organ <laughs> haikus I, I don't know whether we've got signal now we're in a tunnel but do you want to pick out a couple of your haikus he's bob his, he's got if, if we're now we're in a tunnel this will be the bit where we haven't got signal it, yeah but he's got some on some paper in his pocket darling 
What are, what are the spooky stories that you tell me now? Well, I'm fascinated. I don't I don't really know. But are I they follow- true? That's the mm, thing. That's the trouble with spooky stories, isn't it? Uh, there's this chap I follow on Twitter who's always talking about the spookiness of the old house tunnel. I need to meet him for a future <laughs> podcast, don't I? <laughs> you do. You do, certainly. I, might, I must guess it must have been a sort of service tunnel or something. It's a bit hard to know, isn't it? What, what have you lost, love? I, I got these on a piece of paper. Yeah, and what did you do Which is very thoughtful. Show a lot of foresight, and then I've put it in a different pocket. <laughs> How <laughs> I, many pockets has Bob got? Pocket I put uh, quite it a lot I of think you've got like about eight pockets. Yes, he, he does have a lot of pockets. I'm going to um, get my phone out and just take a quick photo yeah, of this thing. because let's, let's what a little, wonderful place. Let's take a little photo here. Well, Bob has found in his millions of pockets a piece of paper which has uh, one of the haikus. So what's the what three words? Or are you going to tell us afterwards? Do we have to guess? We have to guess. All oh, right, OK. This is from the local chippy in Hadfield. Battered in front of the chippy's customers, a shared overt quarrel. Read that one more time. Battered in front of the chippy's customers, a shared overt quarrel. I mean, uh, Mike has a, I had a guess and say it's the last three words. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So the three words were shared overt quarrel. So if you ever need rescuing and uh, you're at the local chippy, yeah, then the, what three words for the emergency services are? Yeah, shared overt quarrel. And then, of course, what do you do in a chippy? You batter things. It's very clever. It's very clever. Any others? What about the train station? The train station. Old men happy in engine ash and when charcoal nuzzled, euphoric. Wow. I mean, this is this is deep, this. Okay. I <laughs> mean, really nerdy, it, though, I'm going gonna, gonna to guess with the same last three words, which were charcoal case, yeah. something. Nuzzled. Charcoal. Nuzzled. What's the third uh, word? Euphoric. Oh. So, so being charcoal nuzzled makes you euphoric, which it does. I mean, I took Bob on the Flying Scotsman last Friday at uh, East Lanks Railway, and there was never a man more charcoal nuzzled and euphoric in your life. <laughs> You know, so so you know it's true, isn't it? Um, but it's he's very nerdy as well, isn't it? You know, it's a bit you know. Uh, so Bob has got his particular sort of you know way of uh, connecting with these uh, what three words that has you. I mean, I love that. I'm going to pin some of these on our map, um, Longdendale Tales as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and I'll obviously put a, a link to, to for people to find out more. But I guess we'd love people to yeah. start doing their own. Oh, wouldn't it be great? You know, yeah. build, when you're out, get the app, and or maybe when you're back, you yeah. can do it remotely as yeah. well. Actually, well, that's the other good thing about the whole business. Actually, is that you can look them up even when you're sitting in your chair. Yes. And the other Lent wasn't it? Which Lent was it? That the Methodist used? Oh, they did you the think? virtual pilgrimage. Yeah. He did a virtual yeah. pilgrimage up Longdendale with the prayers for people who couldn't get out. Do you see what I mean? Because they could still follow the map, if you like, and the distance and everything on their device, whatever it was, sitting in their own house. Yes. And that's another sense of connection, especially for people who are isolated, you see. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about pilgrimages, it's become very, very popular. And uh, people love to go on about how they went to Rome or how they went to Jerusalem and stuff. But, you know, for some of us, getting up the high street's hard enough. Mm. And yet this opens up the possibility for lots of other people to join in. And, the, and you know, a few people did, didn't they? And you got some feedback about it from people who wouldn't otherwise have been able to 
get out and do that you see i'm really for that because although these are walking podcasts where i encourage people to maybe follow a similar path to we are yeah i'm equally like actually if you want to stay at home and you're not as maybe active as you used to be you can still enjoy walking the reservoirs with me pop your headphones on you'll feel like you're in this crazy tunnel with us (laughs) in whatever i but you'll be warmer hopefully (laughs) well uh, you know i can tell you the location of where we are now which comes up with pretty needed chill Oh, so you can have a lot of fun with these what, three words, you can't can. you? But I do love you've turned them into to haikus. There's, there's another one with not a what three words, um, and that's about when we were in total lockdown, uh, and it's about Longtondale. Time passes and the land grows stranger, more distant, claimed by mysteries. Ooh, wow! So these are fantastic. But it is fun, isn't it? And I think that's the thing that I would emphasise now. OK, so there's a serious point to it. Yeah, that's true. But we don't want everyone to think that people who walk around here or pray or write haikus or whatever are all terribly long-faced and serious. You know, it, it's wonderful to be here. And, and it makes you smile. And the times when we both see something that catches our eye or we come back with a story. Bob had a phase. Uh, it was in the winter mostly because um, it goes out really early in the morning, Bob. And, of course, it's darker in the winter in the morning. And uh, he'd just uh, go out and walk up the trail. And he went through a phase of taking very blurred pictures of deer running away. You know, because that's all... It was too dark... The deer must have seen him coming far before, they, you know, he realised. And, of course, his camera wasn't able to pick them up, except that there's these little blurred white bums disappearing <laughs> up the trail ahead of him, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What have you noticed, Bob? The tunnel we are standing in has um, things to hold it up every two metres or so. Yeah. And they're curved rails. It looks like they're... Ra- they're well, they are, but they've also got pieces of wood... Yeah, it's a um, sort of chalk. Oh, it's all dropping on Janet. <laughs> and that's a piece of history survive. you're tapping there, Bob. These are like fish plates that you use for rails. So it looks as though underneath the railway was another bit of it's another bit of rail stuff. For what it's worth, there is a path the other side of this. Well, we and will. There's one that goes back on ourselves, and one I think that goes on as well. Wow. That's that's probably where we might round off uh, recording then, because it feels like we're going that way. But you know, I, I've really I've enjoyed in some ways researching the project to finding the poetry of yesteryear. You know, of the late eighteen hundreds, of sure. the day trippers. Sure. You know, we're, we're coming up to the final part of Thomas Barlow's a picnic at Woodhead on uh, coming up on Saturday. Do have a listen to that if you haven't already. It's a soundscaped retelling of a story he wrote about a day trip bunch of ramblers who came across from Manchester in June 1867 and that's been really beautiful to hear how the the landscape inspired people living then but what I really like is that you're carrying on this tradition in the 21st century using smartphones using GPS and that's what having those poems side by side on my digital map I think is a truly wonderful thing so hopefully You know, if you are listening and you are dabbling in a bit of poetry, then maybe you can contribute um, some of your own poetry, some of your own inspired uh, writings and words. Do get in touch. uh, Because I feel like even just meeting you and some other people this week, 
I've done 20, well, I'll be coming on 28 episodes for this series, but I feel like I've got enough for another 28 episodes <laughs> at this rate. I think you yes. should have. I think it's been great to meet you because mm. we, we always said it's got a lot of potential from the point of view of interaction with people, mm. right? And one of the things that when we were writing the stuff, we didn't know whether that would ever happen or not. You know, and meeting you and, and talking with you about it and sharing it with other people we meet and one thing and another, that's all part of the development of the poetry in itself. You, there's no point us just writing it and sticking it in our pocket. So thank you for saying you wanted yes, to meet us to, and talk to us because that's been absolutely brilliant. And, and I'm, we wish you the best of luck with it because we yes. think that it's just a great place to celebrate. It really is brilliant. Well, of that, we definitely have that in common. <laughs> yes, thank well, you very much. We will hope that as we uh, head back to um, Hadfield that the rain eases a little. I can put my hands in the pockets and get the feeling back. And uh, we will enjoy seeing more signs of spring. Hope that you, if you're out walking and following a route similar to this as you're listening, get to do the same as well. Uh, do come and have a look at londondaletales.co.uk and make sure you uh, follow and subscribe to this because watch this space. More episodes may follow in the future. Take care. Enjoy your walk wherever you go today. <laughs> <laughs>